Welcome, welcome to episode one of the Across the NBA Draft podcast. I am your host, Jake Walterhouse, and I am so happy to be here today, and I am so thankful that you took the time to listen to me today. Uh, This episode is going to be pretty informal. I just want to preface it with a couple of points. Obviously, I'm going to do a little bit of an introduction, tiny little bit about me, because that's not what we're here for. I want to talk a little bit about Across the Board, and I want to thank a couple people for basically getting me set up with this podcast. So like I said, I want to do a little bit of personal introduction about myself. My name is Jake Walterhouse. Like I said, I'm 25 years old. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. And the NBA draft has always been something that's very near and dear to my heart. It's always been something that I'm very passionate about. I would say the last few seasons is when I actually started to evaluate the prospects, uh, actually started to dive in on them, formulate certain thoughts and opinions about them aside from just watching them you know I kind of got better at knowing what to look for and I'm still still a work in progress but basically why I want to do this podcast is because I want to start to regurgitate that stuff regurgitate my thoughts my feelings my evaluations my analysis of these NBA draft prospects and I really want to get into providing that to people, talking about something I'm passionate about. I think that's what it's all about. And what better way to start a podcast than during a global pandemic when not many people can leave the house? (laughs) Everyone's listening to podcasts right now. So I want to thank Across the Board Sports, and I want to thank more specifically Chandler Adams for getting me set up with this podcast. This podcast is in association of Across the Board Sports, hence the name, Across the NBA Draft. And I want to thank Chandler Adams of Across the Board Sports for giving me this platform and giving me the opportunity to go on his podcast and realize that I have an itch for doing this and I have an itch for talking about this kind of stuff and recording it. Um, Across the Board Sports is a website that talk, uh, covers a lot, basically anything when it comes to sports, any sport that you name it. Across the Board has about, I think, eight or nine podcasts right now. Me being one of them, Chandler runs one about the Cleveland Browns. If that's something you'd be interested in, I highly recommend it. He's a fantastic guy. He's a fantastic podcaster. His is Across the Browns podcast, so I highly recommend you checking that out. But what I want to move on to now is what to expect on future episodes. And this is going to be kind of the bulk of the episode, a bulk of the podcast. I want to talk about when I want to post. I want to talk about kind of what to expect on the show. Um, I'd like to have certain segments that I bring back on a weekly basis. And I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the guests that are going to be on my show, some of the contributors, because obviously it's not just going to be me the entire time because I don't like hearing my voice. I know people aren't going to want to hear nothing but my voice this entire time. So like I said, I said a little bit earlier, I'd like to post weekly. Obviously, I think this is the best time to start it because the NBA draft normally would be about a month away, but seeing as it might get pushed back to about August, September, maybe even October, depending on what happens with this country, I think this is a fantastic time to start because I can basically put together all my thoughts and opinions about this current draft cast in the next couple months, as opposed to from I've heard a lot of big um, national media, NBA draft scouts and analysts that the the content's kind of starting to dry up right now. It's to the point where the draft is usually right around the corner, and now we're looking at one, two, maybe even three months away from the draft. And you can only talk about a prospect so much before you kind of start to chase your own tail. 
And I, I'm really excited to kind of get into it and um, kind of dive in, give my thoughts and opinions on it. It's not not very, it's going to be pretty informal for the most part. Um, obviously, I kind of have things I want to get to, but for the most part, it's just going to be my opinion. Uh, the, my main goal of this podcast is to just be easy to listen to. I want to kind of be an outlet for somebody that doesn't necessarily have the time or even want to want to just dive into these prospects that wants to go watch four or five games in France just to see how good Killian Hayes is. Like a lot of people don't have the time. I hardly have the time to do it, but I'm kind of crazy. So it's something that I like to do and it's something that I want to do. And I kind of want to regurgitate that to other people. And I want to be kind of the outlet for, so when people watch the uh, NBA draft, they have a good idea of who they're looking at. They have a good idea of what kind of player they're looking at. Obviously, you don't have to agree with what I said because that's kind of the whole point of the NBA draft is until stuff starts to play out years down the road, nobody's wrong. Nobody's right. Uh, people can have hot takes, obviously. I know I got a few. Some of my contributors are probably going to have a few too. But I think that's kind of what the beauty of the NBA draft is, is everyone can formulate their own analysis, their own evaluation, and their own opinion about something. And we can all kind of see these players blossom over the next few years and kind of see who was right in a way, kind of see who was right, who maybe was wrong about a couple of guys, because everyone's going to be wrong about people. Everyone's going to hit on a couple of prospects. But yeah, I want to talk about that. There's a segment that I'm really excited to announce that I'd like to do every week. And that's going to be the mailbag. Uh, the mailbag is going to be on my um, podcast Twitter account, which is at Across NBA Draft. I'll be answering um, various listener questions, kind of diving in on those. That's something I'm really excited about because, like I said, I want it. I want this to be an outlet. I want it to be something where it's not a one-way conversation. So I want to have contributors on the show, and I want to have listener questions so they can talk to me and I can talk to them through this. And I'm really excited about the mailbag. I actually have four questions at the end of this episode from um, a couple of friends and family members. I'm really excited to get to them because I think there are a few really good questions and I think it's kind of getting the mailbag off on the right foot. But there's another segment that I want to talk about. It's called um, Take It or Leave It. And this is a segment that I'm really excited about. I came up with it a couple weeks ago. Basically what it's going to be is an episode analyzing whether to take or leave various takes <laughs> regarding the prospects futures. So that's one I'm really excited about because it's one where we're maybe forecasting a little bit as opposed to talking about what the player is currently. Uh, we're maybe kind of forecasting what we think they're going to be. And I think that's exciting in the way that you really can dive into how you think the player is going to develop. And I, I'm, I'm really excited about the take it or leave it segment on the show. So look forward to that. Obviously, it's going to be in-depth analysis of my big board. Um, I think kind of how I'm going to do my big board is 10 to 15 players each week. I don't want to just spill all 30 of them in the, in one episode. But, you know, I'll do like 30 to 20 and then uh, 20 to 10, 10 to 1. And, you know, I'll dive into each player a little bit. I kind of want to – I won't dive into them too much because I kind of want to save that a little bit for – my individual breakdowns, which is something else I want to do. I want to have um, an episode where I talk about maybe two to three certain players and I really kind of dive into them, their offense, defense, playmaking, rebounding, everything. I kind of want to really have um, in-depth evaluations of these players. So if there's a player you're necessarily fond of and a player that you want to know more about, 
I can dive into them and I can kind of give you all the information that I think about when I watch the player. So what I also want to do is obviously mock drafts. And I kind of how I want to do it on the podcast is not necessarily just with myself reading a boring old mock draft. I want to do what we call live mock drafts. And that's where I have um, a contributor like Chandler Adams or Chandler Saylor, my friend, where we um, go through tankathon.com, fantastic website. If you're looking to learn a little more about how the lottery would work, you can sim the lottery and kind of see the odds of who's going to get what pick. Uh, run through tankathon.com. And then just go through a mock draft where I do odds, he does evens, vice versa. And I think that's really exciting. I did one of those with uh, Chandler Adams on his podcast, which was formerly Across the Board Sports. Now it's Across the Browns. Um, you can go check it out if you want. It's really, it really fun. It's kind of just a nice informal thing where we're able to go back and forth and kind of do it on the fly. You know, he took a couple of my favorite players. I took a couple of his. It was a really good time. But also I want to do positional rankings. Because I know I said I'm going to have a big board because I think that's kind of of kind of how it should be. But I'm not a huge fan of them. Personally, I'm more in the long, along the lines of positional rankings and just having different tiers. Because it's very hard to decipher whether you think this big man is better than this guard, even though they're complete opposites of players. Obviously, you know, you can come to a conclusion of who you think you'd rather take in the draft, depending on what team you are and whatnot. But I think my positional rankings are really going to be important to me and I think they're going to be vital because I'm probably going to have it to three different tiers which is going to be guards, wings, and bigs. And in today's NBA it's so positionless it's not point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center anymore. And how I plan on really formatting those episodes and segments is going to be each week being a different crop of um, a certain role. So I'll cover guards one week, cover wings the next week, and then I'll cover bigs the next week. And I'm really looking forward to that because, in my opinion, I think the NBA has really gone away from positions. It's going more towards positionless basketball. You've probably heard that before. Um, I think it's gone towards roles. And I think the roles is going to be, obviously, lead guard um, can be a combo guard, a guy that kind of plays both one and two. And then, obviously, we have the three and D players, which hypothetically could be anywhere from two, three, and four. Could be the shooting guard, could be the small forward, could be the power forward on the court at any time. So I'm really excited to get into that, and I'm really excited to um, tell you guys my opinions on that. So obviously, um, we're going to let's go ahead and move on to the mailbag. Uh, I've kind of talked about everything I want to um, talk about on future episodes. Obviously, that's subject to change. I'm subject to add more. Obviously, I'm going to add more, but that's just kind of what to look forward to right now and just kind of a good introduction. But let's move on to mailbag number one and question number one. From at Isaacs Britain is what are some risks drafting LaMelo Ball over other top prospects? I think that's a fantastic question because LaMelo Ball is obviously the most polarizing player in this draft. Spoiler alert, he's my number one player in this draft. I think he's fantastic. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. And I think the risks with drafting him aren't necessarily what people might think they are. Um, a lot of people would point towards the last name. They'd point towards his dad, maybe point towards, while I still do believe in his brother, maybe could point towards kind of how his brother's had a slow start and has had a lot of growing pains, been traded, had a lot of struggle shooting the ball, had to revamp his whole shooting motion. I don't think any of that stuff applies to LaMelo because I think he's 
past that. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's definitely my number one player in this draft. I think he's a fantastic playmaker. He's a naturally gifted scorer. He's also a naturally gifted passer. Fantastic size for the position as a lead guard. But I think if I had to come up with a couple of risks that he has, it would probably be obviously a shot selection, and then it would have to be his turnovers. And obviously he didn't have many turnovers, but I think he kind of has a tendency to um, try to go for the the showtime pass, you know, try and do the behind the backs, the between the legs passes, all that kind of stuff. Obviously he's can't, he's, he's kind of came away from a lot of that. So maybe not necessarily a huge risk. Um, actually more of defensive effort in a way when it comes to a lot of that stuff. So I would kind of preface it more with um, shot selection and defensive effort, because while he does show the ability to be a fantastic defender with his size and occasionally flashing a really good defensive play, I think there's times where he gets caught napping off ball. Um, on ball, I think he's pretty pretty well sound. I think he obviously kind of is like his brother, where while his brother's a good defender, maybe sometimes kind of gets out of the defensive stance a little bit and can be caught sleeping a little bit off ball. And shot selection, obviously, we've all seen the shots he takes. Obviously, they don't always go in. They may You may only see the ones that do go in. But in the NBL, the Australian league that he played in last his splits shooting percentages were not the best. I believe he shot in the 20s from three-point percentage and was in the mid to high 30s for field goal percentage, which is just not going to cut it in the league. I think those deep shots can really be a part of his game, and I don't think there's something that he should completely get rid of, but I think that they need to be drastically cut back. I think in the league he needs to work on finding his spots, his zones, not necessarily deep shots for me. I think he's the kind of guy that I think is going to make a lot of his money inside the three-point line on offense. I think he's a very crafted, crafty scorer. He's a um, very crafty finisher. He just kind of has a knack for putting it in the rim when he's inside the three-point line. So I would say with Melo, shot selection and defensive effort would be the two the two problems that maybe someone would have with him drafting him other, other prospects. But like I said, other prospects have these problems too. But uh, more specifically, Lamelo. I would think those are going to be the two things that he's going to kind of have to prove when he gets to the league. All right. So, question number two is from at Austin underscore Penick. Shout out to you, Austin. Who's the biggest sleeper of the draft, and who's going to be the biggest bust of the draft? Now, sleeper. I think that's a good one. I would think if I had to pick one sleeper in this draft for me, it's going to be. Uh, Patrick Williams, now for me, not necessarily a huge sleeper. He's been climbing up boards, but I think he's the kind of player that is kind of a sleeping giant when it comes to a swing skill that he has, that if he improves it, he can become a phenomenal player because I think he's a fantastic defender. I think he has fantastic size. He's extremely young and extremely raw in some areas. And I think he's got an extremely high motor. He um, He's always go, go, go. He's always making back cuts, always making plays on defense. He's a fantastic defender already at, at his level. And I'm looking forward to seeing him defend in the NBA. And I would think that swing skill being the skill that if he does develop it, he can skyrocket his value in this draft five years from now. And that's going to be his three-point shooting. Shot about 32% from the three-point line at Florida State. 
And I think that's something that he really does need to work on because I think his game, aside from making plays inside the paint, is going to be the corner three, the kind of the three and D type, which has become such a valuable position in today's league. I think if he can get his three-point percentage up to 38-plus percent, I think he's going to be a fantastic player. I think he's a player that from day one is already going to bring that intensity, that hustle, that defensive effort. I think that's going to make him extremely valuable at the next level. And I think, yeah, I would think Patrick Williams is going to be a very big sleeper in this draft. And biggest bust of the draft. I don't like the word bust. I mean, five years from now, yeah, you can use the word. But I think right now calling anyone a bust is just not fair to anyone. If I had to talk about a player that I think has the biggest chance of being a disappointment, to me it's going to have to be Cole Anthony. I'm not nearly as high on Cole Anthony as I am everyone else. He's in he's in the first round of my, my big board, obviously. But I think with him, he probably has the most questions to answer of any player that I believe is going to be drafted in the top 20. I think he's definitely going to be drafted in the top 20. It's just a matter of when and where. I think he has a lot of uh, questions to answer when it comes to his shot selection. Um, If he's a playmaker, which obviously a lot of this stuff can be pointed to how UNC was. They were atrocious last year. It was a very rough situation for him. He was injured, came back, had to get back in his groove. But I think with him, he's going to have to answer a lot of questions about, um, like I said, being a good passer, uh, being a good shooter, being a consistent shooter. And just overall kind of separating himself. And obviously, this isn't even talking about the physical limitations I believe he has. I believe he's a little undersized for what he does. Obviously, he's about 6'2", 6'3". Not really there, but his wingspan's only about 6'2", 6'3". So I think that might point to some maybe some defensive limitations that might come out later. Some stuff that he might have showed at UNC. So if I had to talk about a player that's going to be... In my opinion, the biggest chance to not necessarily bust, but maybe not live up to the hype he's getting because Cole Anthony is getting a lot of hype. I would definitely have to say it is Cole Anthony. So for number three, uh, it's going to be from at Chan underscore man three Chandler, who's going to be a regular contributor on the show. Do you think Jordan Wara contribute can contribute on a team from day one? To me, I'm not extremely high on Jordan Wara. I think he's a fantastic shooter, even though his jump shot, in my opinion, is a little bit lower than I'd like it to be. I'd like for him to get his jump shot trajectory a little bit higher. Shot release is good. He's got good size, good athleticism. But in my opinion, I think Jordan Rora is a very limited defender. And I think he's very limited um, both foot speed wise, and I think he's very limited effort wise. So I think with Jordan Rora, the ability to contribute on a team from day one it's going to purely be up to obviously him and his muscle, his hustle, excuse me, his hustle and his motor. And it's going to be up to where he's drafted. I think if he's drafted to a team with a good defensive philosophy, like let's say the Bucks who pick around pick 1920, maybe the Magic, a team that necessarily could use some shooting, but um, always has a good defensive philosophy. Raptors, you know, there's a number of teams like a name that are known for their defense. I think he can bring a lot, especially to a team like the Magic who need shooting kind of could use some could use some wing players to a point um, but most, most importantly just need shooting. I think he could definitely contribute for a team like them sooner rather than later but I think he definitely has to answer a lot of questions. All right, and our fourth and final question is going to come from Brian Walterhouse aka my brother. Shout out to you. 
Uh, he asked, who were some players that were most affected by March Madness being canceled due to COVID-19? And I think this is a fantastic question to finish on because we're in such a fa- such a ridiculous time in our country. And having March Madness canceled is something that's pretty unfathomable to think about a year ago, something like this happening. But my answer is going to be two players. is going to be um, Luke Garza, center from Iowa, and Yudoka Azubuki, center from Kansas. I think um, for two different reasons for both of them. I'll start off with Luca. I think Luca Garza is a player that, obviously, if you haven't checked him out, check out his box scores, watch some of his games at Iowa. He was a box sheet stuffer at Iowa. Um, he averaged. He was a twenty and ten player. Shot forty plus percent from the three point line. Was at the free throw stripe a lot made a lot of plays for Iowa was one of the reasons why they were a team that a lot of people were picking as a final four dark horse because they were a team that really could make a run behind him. I think a guy like him could have used a, um, a run in March madness so badly to the point because a lot of issues with Luca Garza is going to be his speed. He's not a fast player. He's an old fashioned big when it comes to how he scores inside the three point line, obviously he can step out and shoot it, which is fantastic for the next level but he's a very back-to-the-basket-centric player. He's a player that relies on getting the ball back down, back down, shot. Um, In today's NBA, that's starting to fade a little bit, fade a little bit. And um, he um, is a player that could have definitely, definitely um, helped greatly from um, a nice run against other NBA talent, showing that he can keep up with these players other players defensively and showing that he can still make plays against these players. And I think he's a guy that he was a junior, I believe going into this year. I believe he's a guy that I, I believe he has declared for the NBA draft without maintaining his eligibility. I think he's a guy that could use another year, get another chance, produce at the level he did last year, or at least somewhere near it. And then give himself that chance to make a run in March Madness with the Iowa Hawkeyes and give himself a chance to really showcase himself to the whole world. Because I think he's a player that really went under the radar, even though he was a lot of picks for the Naismith Player of the Year over Obi Toppin. So, and the other player that I would talk about would be obviously Udoka Azabuki. I think he's a player that has been such, I've been so hot and cold to him at Kansas. When he first got there, I was very big on him. Um, I loved him. I thought he was a perfect modern day center very Clint Capella-esque not necessarily the rim running speed as Clint Capella but just the um, the rim protection was there the the immediate lift on catches and lobs and just your classic modern day rim running big I think he had a lot of times where he struggled with fouls fouls is a big thing for Ezebuki and there's a lot of games where he took himself out of the equation because of fouls just concentration frustration stuff And I think March Madness could have been fantastic for him because obviously Kansas was set to be, I believe, the number one overall seed. And I think he would have benefited greatly from maybe a Final Four or a championship run for Kansas, uh, showing some more rim running speed, showing a little more, showing some rim protection against some of the best players in college basketball. And I think that right now he's a player that's a fringe second round pick, in my opinion. And I think if he would have given himself a great March Madness run, he could have maybe seen himself in the back end of the first round going to a contending team that needs some, needs a modern day big that's going to give you the garbage minutes, give you the garbage time, the um, the rebounds, the blocks, just the stuff that doesn't necessarily always show up on the stat sheet also. Um, defending plays, 
uh, running, getting down the court in time. I think he's a player that I think he's going to be an NBA player for a long time. Just a matter of to what degree, not quite sure yet. I think that he'll be a role player at this point. I think he's very limited. And obviously, if he doesn't get the foul troubles under control, it's going to be very hard for him to stick in the NBA. So I would 100% say Luka Garza and Yudoka Ezebuki as the two players that I think were very affected by March Madness being canceled due to COVID-19. So I've kind of covered everything I've really wanted to cover on this first inaugural episode of the Across the NBA Draft podcast. I want to wrap up a little bit and once again say thank you. Thank you so much to everybody for listening to this episode. And more importantly, thank you to the people that are currently listening that didn't give up on me five minutes in. I really appreciate the support. And this is something that I'm very passionate about. And this is something that I'm very much looking forward to doing. I'm looking forward to really kind of growing as a podcaster Um, experiencing the growing pains of what it takes to kind of give you my analysis. I'm really looking forward to diving into these players even more so now because I feel like there's more meaning behind it, in my opinion. And I also, I'm just extremely excited to try my best to provide the best content that I can on a weekly basis. And so with that being said, once again, this is Across the NBA Draft Podcast. Everyone have a fantastic day. Be safe, and most importantly, wash your hands. Thank you.